Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Here are my co-host, Pastor Michael Teddy from India. My brother, let me start this here so we can get our time right, because you know with me and Pastor Michael, we're kind of long-winded. Um, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, if you want to shout it out. I'll give it over to Pastor Michael in a second, but I want to introduce our topic. Last segment, um, obviously, we spoke about the Supreme Court decision and some of the outcry with that. We had the perspective of uh, what they're thinking about it and, and, and feeling about it in India. And we wanted to transition now into um, women pastors. And, then, and again, I just came back from the Southern Baptist Convention, the meeting in Anaheim, and I was a little disappointed that a true definition of what a pastor was, they were not able in the convention to nail down what that meant. And that was troubling. So we, as a, as a people of God, are obligated to the word of God. And when Rick Warren got up and, and tried to navigate and try to, um, I believe, soft stroke what a true pastor is and talking about office and function and, and, and just convoluting who a pastor is and why a pastor should be male, because that's what the Bible says. So I want to ask Pastor Michael to introduce himself, give you a hello, then I'm going to read the scriptures and I'm going to ask my brother um, to talk about these scriptures and see where I think that Pastor Rick Warren was uh, in error to ordain any uh, women pastors. It's not the biblical mandate. It's against the biblical mandate. And uh, I believe uh, he was in grave error. Pastor Michael? It's good to be on this call with you. I do agree this is a very important topic. This is one uh, subject that I think uh, is equally plaguing the churches in India. And uh, this is a topic of concern. It's a topic we need to address. So um, I, I think uh, it's, it, you know, this is, it's going to be a wonderful session. Um, so uh, my name is Michael. For those of you, uh, most of you know me. Um, so I'm in India. I'm a pastor in India. I pastor a small church in the southern tip of India. You can know more about us through our website, redemptionhill.in. And uh, do feel free to mail us on redemptionhill.india at gmail.com. And um, also, if you're ever in India, uh, give us a ring. We'd love to have you and fellowship with you. And uh, yeah, it's just a joy to be here. Okay, so I'm going to go right to the scriptures, Pastor Michael. I am in, uh, we should all know, we are in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read from 9 to 15. Then I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, it says, likewise, I want a woman to adorn themselves with proper clothing, with modesty and self-restraint, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women 
professing godliness. A woman must learn in quietness in all submission, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. First, it was Adam who was first formed and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into trespass. But she will be saved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctification with self-restraint. And I do want to say this as a lead in as I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Michael. There are some things in the culture that Paul deals with when he's dealing with cultural issues. But when he deals with cultural issues, he will never go back to the Old Testament. Now, I know that there's going to be some scholars talking about the Diana cult that was prevalent in Ephesus at that time. That would be the context here. The problem is when Paul speaks about a woman uh, not to teach or have authority over the man, this is not a cultural issue. It's a universal mandate because he goes back to the Genesis account. And I, I... and, and, you know, about women uh, wearing proper clothing and head coverings, that could have been more cultural. And that's a story for another day. But Pastor Michael, when Paul goes back to the creation and going back to the Old Testament, this is no longer a cultural issue. I believe, in my humble opinion, it is a universal teaching for the church that must stand for the test of time and no waffling about what a pastor is and what a pastor isn't should be even uh, debated uh, by any committee or convention or anything of that nature. I think the word of God is, is standing here and it's standing on solid ground because it's standing on the creation order. Pastor Michael. <clears throat> yes. Um, I think fundamentally what's happening uh, in the arguments that have been raised is there is a uh, there is a misreading, a misunderstanding of what it means to be Bible centered. Um, to to kind of paraphrase what Doug Wilson has been trying to say um, through most of his podcasts, have been that the evangelical world has been talking about Bible centeredness as though uh, you take a Bible and you put it in the center of your room. You know, putting the Bible in the center of your room is being Bible-centered in a way that is not functionally central. It's positionally central. Mm. The Bible is meant to be central like uh, the engine that drives the wheels of a car. The Bible is supposed to be central as the motor that functions the vehicle and gets it to move forward. When we say that the Bible is central to the Christian life, we're not saying that you put a Bible in the center of your living room. That's just a positional center. It doesn't mean anything. But when the Bible is functionally central to your life, every aspect of your life is affected by the Bible. And so you will hear a lot of the arguments today with respect to issues like this come across from conservative Christians when they say, why are we dividing over secondary issues? Let's focus on the primary issue. Let's be gospel-centered. Let's talk about the gospel. Let's fight for what matters. And let's not divide over secondary issues. There's just a problem. The problem is they'd like to define gospel centrality by reducing down that to just the gospel message. 
But that's not how the Bible speaks about gospel centrality or being Bible-centered. We are called, in fact, in Matthew 28, when the Great Commission is given, we are taught to go to the ends of the earth, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the commandments. We're supposed to teach people to observe all of Scripture because all of Scripture is meant to affect all of life. And so when you look at passages like this, what comes across from a lot of people is they want to either make it a secondary issue, they either want to make it a cultural issue, rather than approaching the Bible and have the Bible be the interpretive grid of culture, rather than what, that's what you should be having, but rather what they do is they use the culture to interpret the Bible. So, you know, I, I hear a lot of arguments that go like this, but um, I know women who are excellent teachers. I know women who are, who are uh, gifted leaders. I know women who are, and, but the point is we're not talking about gifting. We're not talking about usefulness. We're not talking about efficiency. We're talking about biblical mandate. We're talking about the function and order in which God has arranged the world. And you can have gifted women who can serve their giftings within the functional purview that God has laid for them, which is where they will flourish the most which is where they will be most useful for the building up of God's kingdom. But we have started to think like the culture. We have started to buy in to the logical thoughts of culture rather than framing our minds and thinking according to what the scriptures tell us and teach us. Yeah, very well said. I was thinking when you would speak, you know, Pastor Michael does that to me. He, he says something and just something jumps you know, I was thinking about when you were talking about God's order. It's not saying that uh, women are less. That's not what he's doing is this is the order that God has ordained things. This is the, the office that God has given to men. Now, I think about one of the uh, things that I was thinking about was we're equal, women and men, but we have certain roles. Do you remember when they were moving the ark? That one time and, and Uzzah, the ark was falling and Uzzah went to touch, uh, try to stabilize the ark. And the Bible says that God struck him dead. And people right. say, well, what? David was astonished, but that was not his office. He was not a Levite. Right. I'm not talking about Uzzah in the sense, but it showed that God has specific. I mean, Uzzah could have very well stabilized the ark. He was a man. He was strong enough to do that, but it was not his function. He was not a priest. He was not a Levite. And the Bible says it, it, it struck him dead. So it, it's just the way God has ordained things. And you make a great point. Again, you're not saying that women are inferior. You don't you know, that woman, you know, maybe cannot uh, say and uh, look at scripture and learn Greek or whatever. And But that's just not what God has put them on this earth to do is to pastor and lead a congregation. You know, it. I don't know why that we want to usurp that. I, it just doesn't, 
you know, make sense. And I think that's a great point, you know, that you make. It has nothing to do with the, we're all equal. We're all sinners saved by grace, but we got different functions, right? We got different, Absolutely. you know, I mean, and I, why can't we accept that, Pastor Michael? Yeah, you know, one of the things I think as Christians we are losing more and more is our courage to be biblical in even our vocabulary. Because, um, you know, I, I, talk to, I talk about this issue and I say uh, men and women are unequal. I have no problem saying that. We are equal in a way, but we are not equal in, in, a, in a very certain way. For example... God had no problems of creating man with biological differences than a woman. Mm. God didn't create them equal. He created them. There is an inequality there. You know, man does not equal a woman. There is an inequality. And that's how he created them before the fall of man. So God's divine design before the fall of man made men and women unequal. In their biological standing. But that didn't take away their dignity before the Lord. They were created different from one another. They had the same worth and value in the eyes of God. Yeah, and that's, I want to, I want to, yeah, that's, that's what I I think my point was that in the eyes of God, the worth and the value are equal. Are the same. But there are different functions, obviously. Right. And so, I mean, God, in the very natural sense, made the woman to bear the child and and the man not to bear the child. So God has made a functional role for the woman that the man cannot fulfill. God's made them different. And so it's, it's a very natural and normal part of God's design and God's plan. And, and so we as Christians have been uh, opposed by feminists, opposed by egalitarians so much that we try to find a, a, a peaceful response, which is good, but we compromise on Christian or biblical vocabulary. I've got people who, you know, today I've got a lot of people who ask me, are you, are you an egalitarian or a complementarian? And, and I am more and more listening to Doug and, you know, following up a lot of these things. I'm more in, inclined to say, no, I'm patriarchal, right? Uh, because, we have come up with terms that are trying to pacify uh, the opposition. But the point is, God in the Bible never put down women. He always, uh, there were women around Christ. Uh, when he rose up from the grave, the first one he met with was a woman. Um, he, the, the Samaritan woman was probably the first evangelist, so to speak, who went out and told about what Jesus did for her and spoke to her. Women have been an integral part of God's divine design since the beginning. The point that Christians make, uh, sound Christians make, is that a woman is most gloriously, uh, most exalted, most uh, beautiful, most uh, faithful, most wonderful, not when they walk away from God's intended plan for them, but when they serve in their God, in God's intended plan for them, where they flourish most. And so if we want to be Bible-centered, 
we have to go back to what the bible is trying to teach us about the role of a man and the role of the woman and and stop fighting over a kind of equality that the bible simply denies um, yeah these these are great points they really are and i i you know we you know we have different functions and 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 i think that's the beauty of god's creation i mean right it's the beauty of god's creation and i i think there was a an exhortation which i which i think spurgeon calls the great deposit when after god uh after paul speaking by way of the spirit instructed timothy about these things that you speak about so profoundly he says oh timothy god would has been entrusted to you turning aside from godless and empty chatter and the opposing arguments is the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge which some while professing have gone astray from the faith and grace be with you and it seems like here that these argumentations paul was warning timothy be careful of these things that people are you know falsely calling this like knowledge because the mandates have been laid down and so profoundly the way you put it yes there is a, a an equality of god loving the the male and female but there is a different purpose a different function and i don't know why this cannot be accepted and and it it's almost to the point where we say this is the way god intended it and then you want to turn around and say well that's what the bible meant then it's different now and then we run into a whole um another can of worms that we're probably not able to tackle in this short period of time but i i think it's just obedience is is not easy it isn't in in fact one of the things we see when um when god punishes uh, adam and eve when he curses them the curse he gives eve what he tells her is that you would be after your husband but he will rule over you yeah there's a sense in which the the woman's uh, tendency is to you know she, she shall desire what is contrary to her husband which is what i think it's in genesis 3:16 your desire shall be contrary to your husband but he shall rule over you uh in uh, ephesians 5 when he talks about the husband and wife he tells the husband to love the wife and the wife to submit to the husband now we know that does not mean the wife ought not to love the husband and it's definitely not saying that the husband has no uh no no degree of sub- submitting to one another in faith even to his wife what the bible is trying to suggest is that in sin the corruption of sin what man fails to do what the men fail to do is lead in love and what the woman fails to do is is submit to the leadership of the man and so in a in a marriage you will find that conflict constantly where it's a struggle for the man to love but it's easy for the man to submit to the rule of the wife and it's difficult for the wife to submit she'd rather lead because she thinks she can be better than the man in leading and you you see these tendencies quite contrary to each other and that's what sin does and when pastors and preachers do this when rick warren is doing this sadly it's it's caving to 
to the theory of sin. This is the story that sin tells. This is the corruption uh, that the flesh cries out for. This is, this is fundamentally taking the Bible in the name of Bible-centeredness, putting it in the center of your living room, and it has nothing to offer to all these subjects of life. And so if the Bible is functionally central to your life, then the Bible decides, it's the deciding factor. It is the grid, it is the framework. It is the worldview that decides and teaches you how to interpret the world, how to interpret the culture, what God's plan and purpose for the world is. Uh, but I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. Something that you know you were mentioning in the last episode, uh, which was that the wheels of providence move, you know, roll decisively, but often very slow. I was thinking of, of what uh, what we are told in the in the parable in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and, you know, that, that entire parable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, but I'm hopeful because the seed will grow. The harvest will come. You know, it's like a seed, you know, it goes on to the mustard seed parable as well, which is in the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree where the birds of the air can come and make nests in its branches. So God's kingdom is growing. It's gradual. The, the wheels of providence are turning. It's decisive. And we're going to see in the midst of this chaos, we're going to see churches stand. We're going to see the wheels turn. And I'm hopeful with the overturn of Roe uh, that you're going to that we're going to see in the coming years a shift that has to happen because the word of God will stand the test of time. You and almost God's sound like you almost sound first. like a post. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Pastor Michael. <laughs> I was just thinking about Ashuk. You almost sound like a post millennialist. <laughs> um, I I. You know, it troubled me when the credentials committee uh, needed a year. I, I know they can. I, I don't. I don't want to misspeak. I know they can speak before the next convention, but when the credentials committee said they were not um, at that time ready to make a pronouncement on what a pastor is, and and obviously what's the function of a pastor and who its pastor should be. That was really troubling, despite, despite um, Dr. Al Mohler, who uh, was involved in making the Baptist faith and message, clearly stated that we already know what a pastor is. We don't need a, you know, a, a, another year to talk about it or even another day or another hour to talk about it. But that's a story for another day. Um, I am so honored to have a co-host like Pastor Michael Teddy. We are apart, but we are really close brothers. And, and um, there are some things happening in India that we are speaking about. We're not privy right now to bring them on the air, but we are going to probably bring them on the air um, because there are some faithful, good pastors in India that need help. And um, we want to stand behind the faithful men of God. 
God has been so kind to America. We have so much here, so much money and, and lucrative resources that, and we have faithful people that are faithfully serving abroad that we know that if we can help, we know it's in furtherance of the gospel and not some worldly ideology or some type of uh, whatever is infiltrating the churches today. But I, I am really at a time. But uh, I just want to tell you, Pastor Michael, with our audience listening, it's an honor to serve with you on the radio. It's an honor to know you. And you are a challenging, solid pastor. It's an honor to serve with you in this capacity on Street Talk Theology. And I um, just want to thank you for uh, indulging with this uh, crazy New Yorker. Uh, and I'll give you the last uh, uh, 10 seconds and I'll uh, take us off. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's a joy to be with you as well. And uh, I just pray that God would just use these resources that we put out to help people, bless people. We want to see the kingdom of God built. We want to see his people equipped. And we want to see uh, uh, the world change and see the glory of our Christ and Savior. And so that's why we do all that we do together. And so it's a joy and a privilege for me to do this as well. Amen. Street Talk Theology, we take theology and bring it to the streets. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.